the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, tonight, we will continue our reflection on the book of Psalms. Tonight, we will actually study Psalm 8. And Psalm 8 is one of the Psalms that we pray in the first hour of the Agbaya. It's only nine verses, so let me read the psalm, and then we'll start uh, speaking about O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, that pass through the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. This son, David, speaks of the glory of God. It is a song of praise, glorifying God the Creator. Its theme is the greatness and the glory of God, which is perceived through the greatness and honor of man. When we reflect on creation, and when we reflect on the greatness and honor that God gave us human being, as we'll explain, this actually will turn into thanksgiving to God and reflection on the greatness and honor and glory of God. This psalm gives an answer to the question, what is the man? As we read in verse 4, what is the man? that you are mindful of him. So answer this son answer this question, what is the man? And the answer by underlining the redeeming work of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, who was incarnated and appeared in humiliation, a little lower than the angels, to taste the death of on, on behalf of every human being but is now crowned with glory and honor, so that we might be glorified in Jesus and with Jesus. So when we understand the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did for me and for every human being, then we, in, in, in amazing language, we say, what is the man? Why you are doing all of this to us? who are just created from the dust of the earth. But this is the love of God, and the, His mercy 
that has no end and no one can measure the depth of the love of God toward us. So in other words, God's glory is manifested in the dignity of human nature as it was in its origin. So when God created Adam and Eve before the fall, the human nature was dignified and honored. But after the fall, we lost our dignity, we lost our honor. But it is restored again in Jesus Christ when God became Son of Man to make us children of God. So the melody of the whole psalm is inspired by two feelings of the psalmist. The first feeling, fear of God, and the second feeling is joy in his glory. Fear of God and joy in his glory. Each psalm has a title. So the title of this psalm is to chief musician on the instrument of Gittith, a psalm of David. Uh, so there is here some question. What does it mean, the chief musician? Also, what is Gittith, an instrument of Gittith, a son of David? It indicates the audience of the psalm is the chief musician. Can be like Asaph or Heman, whom David appointed to be the leaders of the choir in the temple. Or some father said, the chief musician here is Jesus Christ. So David is chanting this psalm in a prophetic way to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is the audience, to chief musician, this is the audience of the psalm. The author of the psalm is David, a psalm of David. And the sound of the psalm, the tune of the psalm, the instrument of Gittith. Most of the scholars not sure the meaning of the word Gittith. But there are some opinions. Some think it refers to a Palestine city, Gat, and maybe the instrument of Gittith referred to tune commonly sung there in Gath, Gath of Palestine. Maybe it is an instrument of music that was invented and used in Gath, not just a tune, but instrument. Or do you know how the Ark of God, when returned from Palestine, to David uh, in, the, in, his, in the city of God, uh, stayed uh, in the house of uh, Obedum the Gatite. So maybe during the time that the Ark of God stayed in his house, this was a song uh, chanted or a tune used to chant and praise the Lord while the uh, Ark of Covenant rested in his house. Or maybe after David killed Goliath of Gat, uh, this, the, the tune that was used to praise the Lord for this victory, that is the tune is used for this song. Uh, 
Others tracing the Hebrew word to its roots perceive perceive it to mean a song of for the wine press. So when actually they the time of the harvest of grapes and they uh, trade the grapes to make wine, it was a joyful time. So this can be a joyful hymn for those who trade the grapes. Or it may be a reference to the wine press where the precious blood was poured on the Calvary cross as uh, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 63 from verse 1 to 4 I traded the wine press by myself and none of the nations was with me. So this psalm, Psalm 8, as we'll explain, refers to the Lord Jesus Christ at the time of the gospel. Many references in the New Testament to this psalm, like on Hosanna Sunday, Palm Sunday, when the Lord entered Jerusalem and the children were singing Uh, to him and the scribe and Pharisees asked the Lord to silence the children so the Lord told them did not you read uh, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infant you have ordained strength so this son definitely refers to our Lord Jesus Christ which is evident from the reference made in, in verse 2 but this verse was quoted in Matthew 11:25 also, when the Lord prayed to the Father and said, I thank you, Father, because you have hidden this from the prudent and understanding, and you have revealed them to the babes and infants. Also, there is another quotation, as I told you on Hosanna Sunday, Palm Sunday in Matthew 21:16, and another reference to it, in 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 when St. Paul said uh, God chose the, the meek to put to shame the proud God chose the weak to put uh, to shame the mighty also verse 4 and verse 6 uh, are quoted in Hebrew chapter 2 from verse 6 to 9. Also, 1 Corinthians 15, 27, and Ephesians 1, 22, quoted verses from this psalm. So definitely this psalm, Psalm 8, uh, refers to the Lord Jesus Christ and his redemptions. The word getteth, we find it in Psalm 8, And also, we will find it in Psalm 81 and 84. And both Psalm 81 and 84 also being of a joyous character. That's why it concluded, although we don't know really the meaning of Geteth, but it was concluded that wherever we find this word in the title, we should expect a psalm of joy and gladness. So the word getteth refers to joy and gladness. As I told you, it is only nine verses. So the outline, verse 1 and 2, the visibly seen glory of creation. When we see the glory of creation, 
definitely will say there is a creator. You, when you see a beautiful building, you will say there is an architect behind it. There is a contractor behind it. From verse 3 to 8, the surprising glory of mankind, the glory that God granted to us, although we are not worthy. And the last verse, verse 9, the excellence of God. So let's start from verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. For the first time in the book of Psalms, the personal feeling is willfully disregarded. It is not a personal psalm like the previous uh, seven psalms. So David is not saying, why you forgot me? Or why people who attack me have multiplied? He's not speaking about himself. But the focus here on a larger and general human feeling. As I told you, there are two feelings, fear of God and uh, praise of God. But this feeling is not very personal, but any human being should have this feeling. So the focus here on a larger and a general human feeling. The psalmist recognizes God's relation to all mankind as to whole material creation. So the relation of God to us is indication the relation of God to hold the visible world. Because God created everything for us. Why man was created in the sixth day? Why he did not create him in the first day or second day? Because God was preparing the whole world. And at the end, after everything was prepared, he created us. You know, like a family expecting a child, so they prepare his room, prepare his bed, his clothes, everything. So when the child comes, everything is ready for him. The same way, God prepared the whole world for us. So when we create it, actually everything is ready for us. David was unable to express the glory of God. That's why he used a note of exclamation. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. He could not actually find a word to express the glory of God. And he used the, O Lord, our Lord, no heart can measure, no tongue can put in words just half of the greatness and excellence of your glory. No one. And why he said, O Lord, our Lord, if we believe that God is the Lord, then we must acknowledge him to be our Lord. We worship him, and he created us for himself. Uh, in the original text, in the Hebrew text, O Lord, our Lord is not the same word. The first Lord in Hebrew is Jehovah, Yahweh, O Lord. Uh, so it is an address to God by his chosen and special title. When God appeared to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, 
and Moses asked God about his name, God told him, my name is Jehovah. Jehovah means the being, the being. So David here is calling God by his name that he revealed to Moses. But the second Lord, when he said, O Lord, our Lord, uh, the word used here is Adonai. Adonai means master, lord, ruler, or owner. So, as if we should read it, O Jehovah, our Adonai. That is how it reads in the original text. Then he told him, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Your name is your expression of yourself in the words of creation, which by which your character may be recognized. So as we say, the name of this builder will be shining because of this magnificent building. It's not the name, it's his work that what we mean here. So when said, how excellent is your name, how excellent is your work, how excellent is your character. Not only in Israel, but in all the earth, how excellent is your name in all the earth. The works of creation reveal and proclaim to all the world that there is an infinite being, the source of all being, the supreme ruler, and the powerful protector. That's why we read in the scripture, the ignorant said in his heart, there is no God. To actually deny the existence of God, this is actually the maximum ignorance. If you look at the creation, the creation in itself testify for the existence of God. This movement of the planets that are calculated by the fraction of a second, the the body and all these organs and how they function, all these things reveal the glory of God. How can you see the creation and, and you deny the existence of God? That's why only the ignorant who will deny the existence of God. Also, some father said, the name of God, how excellent is your name? Maybe it's refi- it refers to the revealed person of God. What I mean, the son of God became man and was revealed to us. So, including all of his attributes. So maybe your name refers to our Lord Jesus Christ. His goodness and his wisdom are manifested in everything. The wisdom of God and the goodness of God manifested in everything. I remember very well when we were studying uh, physiology and our professor was non-Christian. But several times he was, after he explained, for example, the physiology of the eye, he paused and say, see the greatness of God. See the excellence of God, how this small organ can do all these functions. So yes, how excellent is your name. And 
when you look at the creation, you can see how the glory of God is above heaven. Heaven actually are glorious. When you look at the heaven and all the planets, and how heaven for us is like no end for it. It is the most glorious of all the works of God which the eye of man can reach. But the glory of God is above heaven. The glory of God is even above heaven. Because the heaven cannot contain his glory. So the psalmist here seems to look forward to the gospel of Christ. How the gospel of Christ reached all the whole world. Verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Infant and babes are very weak. But when God strengthens these weak people, the infant and children, and make them, through them, he is glorified and he is praised, then actually the enemies of God will be silenced. Because God's strength and power is manifested through the weakest and the most vulnerable uh, creation in human being. The time when the name of God was great in Israel in the Old Testament was great in Israel only but now the name of God is great in the whole earth to the Christianity and the name of Christ reach the end of the of, of the whole earth so every single person now knows about the great salvation So it expresses the wish or the prayer of David that the name or praise of God to be manifest in the whole earth, to be exalted to the highest possible degree, to be elevated above heaven, above the moon and the stars, exalted and adored in the whole world. So in the first verse, David considered the greatness of God by his evident power and glory in creation, both in heaven and on earth. But in verse 2, he considered the power and glory of God can be seen in small children. So the glory of God not only is seen in the glory of heaven, but also is seen in small children, babes and nursing infants. Because the strength of God is evident in them. And these words about infants make us make a contrast between people who say, I am weak and they are dependent on others, or people who believe they are self-sufficient and they don't need God. It is hard to think of anything more weak and helpless than a baby. But God strengthens them. So the same God who can ordain strength 
out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants can give strength and support to any weak person. Can give strength and support to me if I am weak or in the midst of my weakness. God uses the weak things to display his glory and his strength. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Also, the babes and infants can refer to the apostles, the meek preachers of the gospel. They were very simple, uneducated followers of Christ, fishermen, but through his teaching were able to defeat the wise among the Jews and the mighty among the Gentiles. And in this sense, our Lord prayed in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Here babes refer to the apostles. Also, as I said on, on Palm Sunday or on Hosanna Sunday, our Lord applied this passage also to the Jewish children who were cried out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. And when the scribe and Pharisees asked the Lord to silence them, he told them, if these children are silenced, the stones will speak. Did not you read in the Psalms of David, he said, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. So this psalm wholly relates to Jesus Christ. It is most probable that in this act of the Jewish children, when they said on Hosanna Sunday, Hosanna to the son of David, the prophecy of David in Psalm 8 is fulfilled. And was left to the Jews as a witness and a sign of the Messiah, which actually they should have acknowledged when our Lord directed their attention to it. Did not you read in Psalm 8 what David said? And the Lord used this prophecy to tell them that David prophesied about me, the Messiah, but unfortunately they did not believe him. Maybe you ask, why God display his strength in weak vessels? The reason to silence the enemy. Satan has nothing to say when God works so mightily in a weak person. It's easy to weak to work with a strong, wise person. But to work in a weak person and to show strength then the enemy of God, Satan, would be silenced. As he said, because of your enemy, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So the general sense is that God has intended that even the weakest representative of humanity, like babies and infants, should be his champions to silence those who oppose his kingdom and deny his goodness and 
providential authority. So God used the babes and infant to show his greatness. Man, even in the weakness of childhood, is a witness of the existence and character of God. Who is the enemy and avenger? Not limited to the enemies of the nation of Israel, but enemies and avenger, enemies of God in all generations and in everywhere. The word avenger means those in their own selfish interest actually make judgment or make themselves judge which belong to God alone. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the works of your finger, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, when I think about all this, I ask myself, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? So, since he said moon, the stars, he did not say the sun. So, it is most probably he was speaking about the sky at night. David was a shepherd and was a man of reflection and meditation. So, I can imagine him with the evening and night go outside and look at the sky with all these planets and stars and the moon. And uh, he reflect on the glory of heaven here. Because he did not mention the sun, as I told you, but only the moon and the stars. So David knew the value of simply considering the glory of God's creation. He knew what it was like to contemplate and look up into the shining sky and consider what a great God had made this vast, wonderful universe. The universe, when you look at the sky at night, you will be amazed at the greatness of God. But see here, he said, the heavens are the works of your fingers. Works of your fingers. So as if he is saying, the scale of the universe, this vast universe, diminishes in the presence of God. To create the stars, planets, galaxies, God needs only his finger, nothing more. Considering the greatness of the heaven, made David consider the relative insignificance of man. (laughs) Who is me in relation to this huge creation? And if I know that this huge creation was created for me as a preparation for me, then I will say, what is the man? What is the man? So in comparison with your heavens, man seems to the psalmist wholly unworthy of God's attention. Who am I to pay me this attention to create the whole cosmos just for me? What is man? We did not appreciate your love. 
and we disobeyed your commandment and we fell from eternal life. A man who is in his fallen state full of infirmity, ignorance and sin, who is the man that you are mindful of him? Then he said, and the son of man that you visit him. The son of man that you visit him. Son of man is one of the titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord referred to himself several times as son of man. You visit him means with attention. You visit him with attention and care that God bestowed upon men, not forgetting them, not leaving them alone. For us, not only God created the whole creation, but what's most amazing, that the Son of God made himself man to save me. It is enough to reflect on the creation to say what's man. But if you think again about the incarnation of the Son of God, who are we that you are mindful of us to send your Son, to send the second person of the Holy Trinity to be human being and to suffer in order to redeem us? So you visit him understood about Christ because God the Father visited us when he sent his uh, son. In the divine liturgy we say, you did not abandon us to the end, but always visited us through your holy prophets. And in the last days, you manifested yourself to us through Jesus Christ. St. John Chrysostom says, to be thought worthy of such wonderful privileges, what must a human being be? I mean, if you consider what was done and is being done for their sake, for the sake of human being, and what they will enjoy afterwards in heaven, you will be stricken with awe. And then you will see clearly how this being, human being, is an object of such attention on God's part. We are the object of his care and attention. Verse 5, For you have made him, human being, a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. This about us and also about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5. Man definitely is lower than the angels who are physical beings who get tired, have physiological needs. Angels are spirits. But St. Paul in Hebrew used this passage from Psalm 8 to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that when the Son of God, the second hypostasis of the Holy Trinity, became man, then he was made lower, little lower than the angels. So God, when he incarnated and became man, actually he became little lower than the angels. We read this in Hebrews. 
Jesus as God, the second hypostasis of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God, is above angels in heaven, the very Son of God. But now the Son took flesh and emptied himself and resembled us in everything. So he became lower than the angels to restore mankind to his original state before the fall of Adam and Eve. You have crowned him with glory and honor. It can be said about Jesus Christ by the resurrection from the dead, being seated at the right hand of the Father and committing all judgment to the Son, to Jesus Christ, he is crowned by glory and honor. But also, we are glorified in Jesus. So, the man who is little little lower than the angels, when we are united to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are crowned with glory and honor. Uh, now actually all creatures angels and men give worship and adoration to Jesus Christ our Lord Jesus Christ took our sin in his body in order to give us his righteousness so he took our sins and gave us his righteousness now we are sons of God this title is a very precious title That's glory and honor to be called son of God, adopted in the family of God. So, and and Jesus bought us, purchased us for the Father with his precious blood. We are not any longer lower than the angels, but in Jesus who became more than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. So, God thought so much of us that he created the whole earth and the whole heaven and everything in it for the use of man. And after this, he sent his son to die and to unite us with himself after his resurrection in order to be glorified with the son in heaven. Verse 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So verse 6 presents how all power in heaven and in earth was given to him. Verse 6 mainly about Jesus Christ. Because to have dominion over the work of your hands... Who is the only one who has dominion over heaven and earth? It's Jesus, not us. When Jesus was raised from the dead, and when he ascended uh, uh, to the heaven, and was seated at the right hand of the Father, he was made or declared Lord and Christ and Messiah, Lord of hosts of heaven and and of all the angels, angels. King of kings and Lord of lords. So all things in heaven and earth which God has made are put into his hand. As he told him, you have made you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. So everything was put in his hand. 
Not only that, but you have put all things under his feet, which means under his feet subject to him. And now he is the head over all things. He is the head of the church. We are the body and he is the head. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is equal with God, in his incarnation, he emptied himself, as we read in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 9, and made himself of no reputation. But afterward, he was highly exalted and was given a name above every name in heaven and on earth. When God created Adam, the whole creation was made subject to Adam before the fall. But only the, the, the earth, not, not heaven. So we cannot say literally of Adam that God put all things under his feet. So these words are only about Jesus Christ, not about Adam. We cannot say Adam had dominion over all the works of God's hand. No, it is only Jesus Christ. So this verse, literally true of Jesus Christ, uh, that God sent him to save us. Then in verse 7, he mentioned some animals or some living creatures. As an example, when he said, you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that the fish of the sea that pass through the path of the seas. So living creatures are only mentioned just as, as an example, illustration of the word all things. He used sheep and oxen because these are tame animals used for food and clothing. They take their skin for clothing. During David's time, the dominion of man over nature was most remarkably exercised in his mastery over the animals, which he tamed and caught and turned it to his own use. Then he mentioned the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. All these were given to the man in the beginning, and until now he has still have general dominion over them. God has always wanted man to have dominion over all things in earth. God has always wanted us to live in Garden of Eden. But we disobeyed God. We lost our authority and were expelled from the Garden of Eden. But Jesus Christ came to restore us to our original state with God on the cross. Also, these words, the beast, the animals, the uh, fish, can be applied on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, by his command, uh, the, the fishermen were able to catch many fish. <coughs> you can see how the Lord has authority over the nature, over the sea, over the creature. So. These verses also are applied for the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Last verse, which is verse 9, it's, it is a repetition of verse 1. 
Verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. So verse 9, he said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. So the best way the psalmist can close is with the same exclamation of awe and wonder with which he began. He repeated verse 1 with greater significance. After he thought about how vast a dominion God had given to man, then he praised God all over again. So he started and ended by praising God. David understood that the position of man in creation, our position says more about the glory of God than saying anything about the glory of man. So our position here is not about our glory, but it reflects the glory of God. So understanding our position and what's given to us will open our mouth automatically to praise God. So this psalm, as I told you, the glory of God is the theme of this psalm from the beginning to the end of the psalm. I will give a quick uh, meditation in Arabic for this psalm. بسرعة كده أدى ملخص لأن أنا قلته بالعربي. مزمور تمانية ده من المزمير اللي بنصلي في صلاة باكر والمزمور ده بيتكلم على مجد ربنا إزاي هو بيبص للإنسان واللي ربنا عمله من أجل الإنسان وعدين بيقول يا رب هو إيه الإنسان ده علشان تفكر فيه وتهتم بيه وتعمل له كل ده أنا مين يا رب بس أكشلي لما بتأمل في الحاجات اللي ربنا عملها من أجلي ده بيبين عظمة ربنا قد إيه ربنا عظيم جدا 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 يعني فكروا كده العالم كله ده العالم كله السماء والأرض دولت اتخلقوا عشاننا إحنا نقدر نعيش على الأرض مش كده ربنا خلق الإنسان في اليوم السادس مش كده وبس اللي أعظم من كده إن إحنا بعد ما كسرنا وسيط ربنا واتطردنا من الجنة ربنا بعت ابنه وخلاه يبقى أقل من الملائكة واحتمل العذاب والصليب والموت كل ده عشان يفديني وبعد كده يتحد بي ويديني نفس مجده إن كنا نتألم معه فإننا نتمجد معه فهنا الواحد لما يعطي يفكر مين أنا يا رب ده إحنا مخلقين من التراب والرماد ليه بتهتم بينا كل ده لكن دي عظمة ربنا ده مجد ربنا ده المزمور اللي عايز يشرحه عايز يشرح فكر في نفسك وفكر في الخليقة اللي حواليك هتلاقي لسانك بيلهج بمجد الله وبيسبحه لاني تعرفين احيانا هنا لما نقعد نبص مثلا ايه الاهتمام الكبير مثلا اللي بيدوه مثلا لقطة ولا الكلب ونبقى مستغربين ازاي بيدوا الاهتمام الكبير ده زي ربنا بقى ادى اهتمام unbelievable يعني you cannot comprehend ان ربنا خلق كل الكون ده من اجلنا ولما اخطأنا نزل وتجسد علشان يخلصنا وتألم عشان يخلصنا ودانا المجد بتاعه وبقينا ممجدين معاه مش كده ابتدى المزمور يقول له ايها الرب سيدنا ما امجد اسمك في كل الارض يا رب أنا مهما 
يعني حبيت أعبر عن مجدك وعظمتك لساني يعنس اسمك يا رب تمجد في كل الأرض اسمك لما الناس بتبص على عملك اللي انت عملته من أجلنا لابد ان هم يمجدوك ولابد ان هم يسبحوك لما تبص على السماء بالنجوم والأمر تحس كده ايه العظمة وايه الجمال ده مجد ربنا وجلاله أعلى من السماوات حيث جعلت جلالك فوق السماوات مجدك يا رب وجلالك أعلى من هذه السماوات يا رب ده أنت حتى من أفواه الأطفال والرضع أسست حمدا خليت يا رب الأطفال الصغيرين يمجدوك شفناها يوم أحد الشعنين لما الولاد قعدوا يصرخوا ويقولوا أصنى لابن داود هذا هو ملك إسرائيل ولما كتبوا الفرسين قالوا له سكت الولاد دولت قال لهم لو دولت سكتوا الحجارة هتنطق وقال لهم أما قرأتم اللي قالوا داود من أفواه الأطفال والرضعان هيأت صبحا نفس الآية اللي موجودة في مزمور 8 عدد 2 بس الأطفال والرضع ممكن ترمز للناس البسطاء زي التلاميذ في مرت 11 يقول له أيها الآب أشكرك لأنك أخفيت أخفيت سر الملكوت عن الحكماء والفهماء وأعلنتها للأطفال الصغار من الأطفال الصغار يصد التلاميذ الناس البسطة زي ما بولس الرسول في كرونسوس يقول اختار جهال العالم ليغزي بهم الحكماء اختار الضعفاء ليغزي بهم الأقوياء بالطريقة دي أي واحد يقدر يبين عظمته بأن أنا أستخدم مثلا لو أنا مدرس أجيب أسكى ولد عندي في الفصل وأخليه مثل الفصل لكن مين هيجيب أضعف ولد عنده لما أجيب أضعف ولد عندي ده بيبين قد إيه قوتي ويبين قد إيه العظمة بتاعتي ربنا كده ربنا استخدم الضعفاء والجهال علشان عظمته تبان عشان جلاله ومجده يبان ربنا ما بيستخدمش الأقوياء بيستخدم الضعفاء قوتي في الضعف تكمل ده بقى يخرس مين يخرس الشيطان عشان كده قال له انت أسست حمدا من أفواه الأطفال والرضعان بسبب الضادك الضادك اللي هم أعدائك لتسكيت عدو ومنتقل عشان يسكت الشيطان اللي بيوقف ضدك اللي بيعديك اللي عايز ينتقم منك وينتقم من ولادك فانت يا رب أظهرت عظمتك ومجدك علشان الشيطان يسكت وبعدين بيقول له إذ أرى سماواتك عمل أصابعك القمر والنجوم التي كونتها فمن هو الإنسان حتى تذكره, تذكره وابن الآدم حتى تفتقده بيقول له يا رب لما بقف كده وبشوف السماء خصوصا بالليل إنه لم يذكر الشمس على القمر والنجوم أقف كده وتأمل بالليل وشوف السماء والكواكب والنجوم والأمر اللي انت يا رب كونتها بأصابعك يعني عايز يقول كل ده مش محتاج غير أصابع ربنا يعني بيبين قوة ربنا فعد أقول يا رب أنا مين أنا مين عشان تخلق لي الكون ده كله أنا مين يا رب علشان تخضع كل شيء تحت قدمي أنا مين يا رب أنا مين عشان تسلطني على هذا الكون من هو الإنسان حتى تذكره 
أو ابن الإنسان حتى تفتقده أنا مين يا رب فده بيبين محبة ربنا اللانهائية تجاهنا زي ما بنقول في الداس الغرغوري إنه مين يقدر إنه يصف لجة محبتك للبشر مفيش لسان يقدر يوصف لجة محبة ربنا للبشر لكن الآية دي برضو ممكن بترمز للمسيح أو بتتنبأ على سيد المسيح بولس استخدمها في عبرانيين قال إن المسيح هو ابن الله منذ الأزل في ملء الزمان صار إنسان طب صار إنسان ليه؟ علشان يخلصني يعني مش كفاية ربنا خلق الكون ده كله من أجلي لكن أرسل ابن الوحيد عشان يخلصني ويردني تاني إلى الفردوس لما الله الابن صار إنسان أخلى ذاته وأخذ شكل العبد بيقال من الملائكة تنقصه قليلا عن الملائكة ولكن بعد ما تمم عمله على الصليب بمجد وبهاء تكلله القيامة وصعد وجلس عن يمين الآب عن في قوة الآب ومجد الآب فتكلل بالمجد والبهاء لكن أيضا هذه الآية علينا لأن احنا اتخلقنا أقل من الملائكة ولكن لما جي ابن الله وتجسد وصار عريس لينا وإحنا اتحدنا به مجده بإمجدنا الكده كنا نتألم معه فإننا نتمجد معه مجده بإمجدنا فتكللنا بالمجد والبهاء وأخذنا مكان أعلى من الملائكة بعدين بيكمل على الإنسان ده مين ده الإنسان يا رب اللي أنت بتهتم به مين إحنا عشان تهتم بينا قال تسلطه على أعمال يديك جعلت كل شيء تحت قدميه هو فعلا ربنا لما خلق آدم صلته على كل الكون حتى الحيوانات المفترسة كتأليفة مع آدم لكن بعد سقوط آدم الحيوانات تخلت عن طبيعتها الأليفة وأصبحت حيوانات مفترسة لكن آدم ده جاب كل الحيوانات وسماها وكانت يعني ترافقه وهو موجود في جنة عدن ربنا صلته على كل أعمال يديه وأخضع كل شيء تحت قدميه لكن الحقيقة كلمة كل شيء كل شيء تقصد اللي في السماء وفي الأرض آدم لم يخضع له كل شيء في السماء الوحيد هو الابن زي ما بولس الرسول شرح في كرونسوس الأولى 15 مش كده الآية دي حرفيا تطبق على سيد المسيح تسلطه على أعمال يديك جعلت كل شيء تحت قدميه بعدين إدى أمثلة من حياتنا الغنم والبقر لأن من الغنم والبقر كانت الناس وقتها بتاخد الهدوم بتاعتها والأكل وبهائم البر أيضا الغنم والبقر فدي الحيوانات البرية وبعدين الطيور اللي في السماء وسمك البحر السالك في سبل المياه طبعا لما تقروا معجزات السيد المسيح أيضا السيد المسيح كان له يعني سلطان على الطبيعة مثلا معجزة السمك الكتير دي بين سلطان المسيح على الطبيعة جين المزمور فما لقاش يعني ابتدى نهاب نفس الكلمات يعني بعد ما قعد يعني واحد ابتدى بيتأمل يا رب ما أعظم اسمك في الأرض كلها قعد بيتأمل في محبة ربنا اللانهية تجاه الإنسان فلما حب يختم المزمور قال له فعلا حقيقي يا رب حقيقي اللي أنا بقوله ده أيها الرب سيدنا 
ما أمجد اسمك في كل الأرض فالمزمور ده مزمور بيتكلم على مجد ربنا اللي ظهر في الخليقة وظهر في اهتمام الله ومحبته اللا نهائية تجاه الإنسان مزمور من المزمير الجميلة اللي احنا بنصليها كل يوم في صلاة باكر في بداية اليوم لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين